welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse dipped in ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Amy Lipka, Mariel Brown Fallon, and Evelyn Maidlow. Keep your accent strong and the ambrosia salad close by, because you're going to need it. Now let's get the show started. Again, another quick two-week hiatus. Um, and last week it was definitely zero excuse. I was just feeling kind of lazy. Mariel said, do you guys want to do a podcast? And Chad said, eh, I don't really want to do a script. And then we just all left. Yeah, and then, and then Lauren in our Slack channel said, like, yeah, everyone's gone. So, so I, I guess not. Yeah. We were all out of the country. So. We should have bu- led with that. On business. <laughs> we had business to attend to. Um, no, well, I was actually hiding in the bathroom. Long story short, there was a tornado warning where I was. Really? Um, mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I had, like, serious phobia of tornadoes because my grandparents let me watch the movie Twister. Not, Not a, a great good idea, idea. Mm-hmm. for a child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. long story short, apparently that phobia has not yet kicked out of my system. So, I was maybe ducking for cover in the bathroom. But yeah. we're alive. We're here. Ready to rock. <laughs> Basements and bathtubs. I was really afraid of tornadoes when I was a kid. I used to, I'm like really good at tracking the weather now and like reading weather patterns and stuff because I got so well versed in it when I was a kid. But it was something that got pointed out to me recently that I didn't think about. And I was talking this with somebody the other day, like, have you noticed that, like, there's, especially, like, in Michigan, at least that I've noticed, there's been a lot less, like, tornado sirens since, like, we were kids. And it's basically because, like, we're so much better at tracking them now. So all the stupid shows that used to be on, like, the Discovery Channel where they were, like, putting those cars in the eyes of tornadoes and, like, and, like, in Twister where there's those, like, metallic balls that get, like, sucked up in it and it, like, tracks how they, like, develop. We've gotten so much better at it even in the past like 10 years from like funding and people having an interest in it that we're really good at tracking them now. So it used to be they would just like blow the sirens whenever there was a really bad storm with high winds. But now they're like pretty accurate in knowing like, yeah, it's going to be a bad storm, but there's not actually going to be tornadoes in it. Interesting. Have you noticed there's fewer tornadoes? I'm just saying. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Hillary Clinton, MAGA. <laughs> I don't know if there's I don't fewer. know whose side you're on and what you just said. <laughs> there's some contradictory statements in that, Yeah. Uh, what you just but said. But yeah, there. I also feel like, like weather channels treat storms so like cinematically that they're like, ooh, we're watching the big one and they all have a name. And it's yeah. like they literally scare you so badly because they're like, Ooh, this is gonna get some good ratings. So anyway, it's traumatizing. Yeah, they get you yeah. to like they're all like invested in Meyer stock. And it's like <laughs> let's name everything like yeah. all these like the thing that just happened in uh Colorado, they called it a bomb cyclone. Which like yes. I didn't understand that it's like Way a rare weather people. pattern or something, yeah. but like you could have just said like it's a blizzard. You could have not used the word yeah. bomb, yeah. And people would have understood that. It ended up being really bad. We had friends who were in town. Uh, from Colorado who just missed that. Hmm. And uh, it was like, there was avalanches like blowing snow like over oh. entire freeways, like cars getting buried Mm-mm. instantly. And uh, 
yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. There's a lot of thought about like how we communicate around emergencies, though, because people don't take them seriously enough. So they, yeah. uh, they want to scare us so that we will actually prepare. I so. mean, I definitely remember being a kid and whenever there was like a tornado watch, it was like, OK, maybe we should go to the basement. But anytime there's a tornado warning, we we're just like, all right, I guess it's just life as usual. Like, let's go drive out to a restaurant to eat dinner like i don't know the second there was a tornado watch when i was a kid my dad would go hang out on the front porch <laughs> like that was it he would like it doesn't, mean, and it the doesn't neighbors, mean go watch for a tornado and the neighbor, <laughs> with a shotgun <laughs> and the we'll neighbor shoot it down the neighbors would too they'd all be standing out there staring up at the sky which in hindsight was like yeah they used to blow the siren all the time when there wasn't actually now knowing that like there wasn't actually that big of a risk of a tornado forming i and mean so, you know what they say the only thing that will stop a bad guy with a tornado is a good guy with a gun <laughs> yeah, that's, a new, that's a new sound drop that i'm gonna record news for now and amy's saying that a, a good guy Perfect. with his own tornado yeah yeah a good guy with a tornado yeah uh <laughs> anyways maybe we should, anyway maybe we should talk about some stuff we're trying to are we not a weather podcast yeah. i'm so sorry we're, tr- we're trying to rush uh mariel out of here so she can go see jordan peele's new movie us in theaters tonight uh let, they are not paying us to they're not tell paying you us i heard it's it's getting rave reviews it should be great I'm, I'm not... you guys know how many times i cry i'm sure it'll be upwards of five to ten I, well so. i think this one's supposed to be more scary than like because yeah. the other yeah. one was like a psychological like thriller thriller kind of but this one's supposed to be like no this is like a horror movie yeah, um, I'm excited. I'll let you. I'll let you know. I'll let all the listeners know if I survive it. We'll see. If you survive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this first part is what I'd like to call segment. Shout out to Wisconsin's Democratic Governor Tody Evers. He's killing it over there in um, our neighboring state of Wisconsin um, because he's taking on gerrymandering. Oh wait. Damn it, Jerry. There it is. I had to get the damn it, Jerry sound. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, Tony Evers, he was the newly elected Democratic governor of Wisconsin. Um, and he is the first governor there to include a plan um, to incorporate a nonpartisan um, body that will kind of draw new congressional um, and legislative districts um, in the state of Wisconsin. And so he proposed a plan for that in his new budget. Um, and so Tony Evers was just elected this past November. Uh, he took the place of um, Republican Governor Scott Walker. So he's basically doing the job of unscrewing Wisconsin, I like to say, after a few years of really bad policies. Um yeah, Scott Walker, who can name some of his worst things? He's like pretty anti busting. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's the entire the GOP in that state. They pulled the move that happened in uh, South Carolina, or was it North Carolina, where they a, a Democrat won the governor's election, but yeah. the, not the state houses. And so they, they voted amongst themselves in the lame duck to strip mm-hmm. all the power of the incoming uh governor um so that happened there i think i actually read today though that there was a judge a federal judge there that may have struck some of that down or it's getting challenged in some way which people predicted that Mm -hmm. it was going to end up in the courts and get 
I thought because I mean we were at risk of that for a little bit here in Michigan and they seem to mitigate it pretty well um, and then I think maybe in a couple other states we talked about yeah. this before so I yeah. really should know this but there's also the funny thing that happened um, when Tony Evers was elected that like so Scott Walker had put in some like what was spo- supposed to be protections for him where he like in terms of like counting counting up votes there used to be a rule that was like within a certain margin of like you know being a close a close call for the governor's race they would do an automatic recount so scott walker thought that it would like prove or thought that it would serve him well to widen that margin so that like if it was really close they wouldn't do a recount and mm-hmm. tony evers won with that margin and they just didn't do a recount <laughs> yeah that's pretty it hilarious comes lol back to bite them in the butt it always. really does don't play games mm-hmm. don't be a clown yeah. clown comes don't back be, to bite <laughs> don't be a clown um yeah so overall yeah scott walker yeah union buster and just like super partisan and not a good guy. Um, and yeah, just super like neoconservative in terms of like on issues of abortion and social issues like that. So boy, bye. We're happy he's gone. Um, so one of, yeah, so a, a big issue in Wisconsin, as was here in Michigan, is gerrymandering. Um, so we've definitely talked a lot about gerrymandering before on this podcast. Um, Amy worked pretty closely on the anti-gerrymandering measure that passed in Michigan this past November. Um, And so it seems like Wisconsin and a few other states are also going to be kind of following suit on that. So Amy, did you want to kind of give us the quick and dirty summary um, or definition of like what reminding folks of what gerrymandering is? Sure. Yeah. So basically gerrymandering is the practice of um, politicians having the power to draw, like redraw the district lines. So um, every 10 years after the census, they draw new district lines um, to figure out like, you know, breaking the state up into state house, state senate, and congressional districts. Um, and in the past and, you know, in the present in a lot of states, that has fallen to politicians, which is a pretty obvious conflict of interest because you have politicians that just kind of redraw the lines in order to stay in office so and a lot of it is like race-based too so if like a republican politician you know obviously doesn't really want minority voters they'll kind of like carve their district around areas that have more minorities in them and so clearly in that area you know this person keeps getting reelected again and again and it's not really representative of what the state wants so in michigan we did proposal two which seems like pretty similar to what tony evers just passed just in a different way that there's going to be a nonpartisan, you know an independent group of people who is not you know not electeds who are working to create the new maps exactly yeah and so yeah, like in what's happening in Wisconsin right now is 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, the maps were drawn by Republicans. They were drawn to heavily favor their party. Uh, the Associated Press did a study um, after the midterms and found out that there were five legislator legislatures, um, including so Michigan and Wisconsin were actually both on it, where Republicans retained the majority um, of their state legislatures. Uh, but Democrats had actually won more of the votes overall. 
So sounds familiar. Democrats, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. Democrats won more votes, but Republicans win more seats. And so in these districts, the way that they're drawn, it's literally silencing the voices of voters in places literally? like Wisconsin. So something needed to be done about these lines and the proposal that Evers put forward. I'll give you the long story short. There's going to be a nonpartisan commission, none of whom can hold elected office. They'll be able to draw new legislative maps. And then there's a process where they have there has to be hearings and votes in the legislature um, about the maps. And then the maps have to pass with 75% approval, which means that there's inevitably going to have to be a lot of bipartisan support there because it's not going to be a 75-25 split between party. It's going to be more mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. So cool. um, that's a good thing. But the problem is, is that this is in his budget proposal, which is going to have to be voted on by the legislature there, which is Republican majority. Right. So it'll be a good look, though, if Republicans shoot it down over there, because as I've always wondered, what is the constituency to preserve gerrymandering? Like here here during the Prop 2 campaign, it was like people couldn't necessarily like outright speak against it and the people who were against it were like just not telling the truth they were like proposal two will increase gerrymandering because everybody knows that it's bad right you know it has bipartisan support yes. from from voters yes, from voters so. absolutely yeah but the current elected officials know that that's probably going to get a lot of them out of office so it's right. a win-win. A Sorry system. about your man. <laughs> it's a weird system. I don't think this is how the Greeks designed democracy. No. <laughs> Back no. in the day. Every vote should count for the, have be weighted the same. Should yeah. count the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should mm-hmm. be counted the same. And Lindsay more people Gra- should be able to vote too. <laughs> and Lindsey mm-hmm. Graham and Mitch McConnell shouldn't control the entire U.S. government. Mm. Anyway, but here we are. But here we are. I don't know her. Here we are. <laughs> but anyways. And- uh, and then the last little note that I just wanted to say that is hilarious. So good luck, Tony Evers. Wishing you the best. Hope that this passes. Scott Walker. Sending now, good vibes. Yeah, sending good vibes. Scott Walker, now retired or pushed out of office governor, um, is actually joining the National Republican Republican uh, Redistricting Organization. Like the height of irony. So basically, <laughs> he has joined their them as their finance chair. So after 2020, when the next census happens, he's going to be working with Republicans to figure out a way to draw districts that benefit them. So it just goes to show this great new governor is trying to find a way to draw lines that are more even. And Scott Walker is still at it with his terrible, horrible shenanigans. So Scott Walker, what are you doing, dude? But, I don't but know. Mario, look at it this way. So Republican finance chairs are, don't really have a long legacy of success. Uh, Michael up, Cohen. Michael Cohen, bro. <laughs> Michael Cohen. Yeah, they have a long history of being indicted. Yeah. So maybe someday. <laughs> the storied tale. You're going to jail, man. Maybe someday we'll see uh, Scott Walker's bright, bushy-tailed face on C-SPAN getting, <laughs> getting grilled by a sort of investigatory been... committee. C-SPAN has been like the most litty it has been in <laughs> decades over the past 10 years, and it is great. They haven't been prepared for this kind of traffic. They're like, whoa, <laughs> more than 10 users? <laughs> wow. Like, viewers? The three interns that were running the cameras are like rock stars now. <laughs> like, they're, getting, they're getting catered meals. And Do you got know a, AOC? They got a cappuccino guy hanging out. <laughs> 
Yeah. I could totally get you a meet, a meet and greet with AOC. Yeah. Um, anyways, great segment. Uh, All y'all to- said that Tony Evers was boring, and he kind of is, but he is doing great things, Government should be boring. Yeah. It should be. It should I can't not be exciting. Boring Make again. government boring yes, again. It should yeah. be super, super boring. I know. Yes, make Okay, but I'm pumped boring. about all these things that he's doing, but yeah. I'm boring. Yeah, That's all I'm makes saying. C-SPAN boring again. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. let's uh, let's get into trivia this week. Well, not trivia. It looks like we're doing a uh, another round of a, a fan favorite: Michigan man versus Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I want to invest some time into making like some real morning radio show drops, sound drops. This like Michigan man versus Florida, <laughs> like, like Van Halen guitar band. <laughs> And then a big explosion. Like, I think oh, that oh, acapella oh. version was just <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I can cut that and put that on Your it. favorite low-budget, no-budget radio show. Yeah. That's why, that's no why you invited me guys show. on for the sound effects, right? Yeah. Right. Evelyn, I can, you you. Do, can you do a pew, pew? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Okay. All right. Uh, all, right all right. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, back by popular demand, and by that I mean I did run out of Midwest foods to talk about, so we're doing Michigan Man versus Florida Man again. Nice. Um, let's just get right into it. All right. All right, the first headline. Blank Man allegedly makes own Subway sub, helps customers customers before swiping $20. I got this one. <laughs> Wait, how does this work? Do we all just... A, a, you, we go around and you say Michigan oh, or Florida. Okay. Yeah. A surprising oh, amount of subway-related crimes happen here in Lansing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Was it Evelyn? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the subway by my house got robbed the other day. Like There was like a subway bandit in Lansing for a while. They think it was like somebody used to work there because it was always like they knew right where the safe was and that kind of thing. Isn't that the plot of Home Alone 2? Is it? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It's been a while since I've seen that film. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think it's Michigan. Mariel? Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm ignorant to, do they have Subway in the South slash in Florida? I don't know. Anyway. It's the I'm biggest, gonna... you know, it's bigger than McDonald's. Subway is the biggest. Is it really? Yeah, Subway has more locations than any other fast food in the United States. Oh, shit. Well, okay, well, what I will say is because this doesn't involve an exotic animal, I'm going to go ahead and say Michigan. Did I not mention that he brought a monkey? I'm just kidding. Huh. He didn't bring a monkey. Yeah, that's been, you, it's yeah. plausible, so that, y'all thought. That's thrown us off before, that we've had Michigan monkey stories. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of? So it's Michigan. Mm-hmm. I keep up with all subway, Subway-related news. Mm-hmm. Oh. Not only did he come in and make his own sub, he made subs for other customers and oh, yeah. paid himself twenty dollars. Oh. Yeah. Well, I just read all of that in the headline. Evelyn. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. So we were, I, got, I got too excited. So, so we were all right. Evelyn, and let me let me read again. Evelyn took a step further and took over as host. All the Michigan man sorry. allegedly makes own Subway sub, helps customers before swiping twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Michigan, Traverse City. Uh, the article said, police are looking for a man who allegedly walked into a Michigan subway, made his own sandwich, rang up orders for other customers, and took 20 bucks from the cash register before leaving. Because he's a class act. Yeah. <laughs> he said the man told workers at Subway that he was an employee at another area subway and asked to make his own sandwich. They said no, but he just did it anyway who narked on him you got great wow. customer service no one was there dude, i love the scam that dude's ice cold <laughs> doesn't have time for but he's, well, also, but he's not like, hungry i work at another subway can i just 
get myself in here too we've all been there (laughs) i've gone to subway before you know like you roll in at the exact wrong time where they're like three people get in front of you there's only one person making sandwiches so it's like you're like there's 20 minutes my life gone and (laughs) then the person right in front of you she unrolls this piece of paper and you can tell she's ordering for her whole goddamn family (laughs) it's like here we go here's my whole evening do you want to get get some aggression out right now uh i I think i'm good (laughs) (laughs) it seemed very personal it was and it has been before (laughs) all right number two blank woman robs postal worker takes off on tricycle (laughs) (laughs) that's uh a tricky one you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it's still too cold in the Midwest to be outside doing outdoor tricycle oh, that's activity. That's a good point. Mm. So I'm going to say logic. Florida. These aren't necessarily like time sensitive. Like they're not mm. super recent. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to give hints, Amy. I'm just rationalizing here. I just wanted. Okay. 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 Did I tell you guys about my? So my <laughs> sister used to be a postal carrier. And uh, one of her coworkers was stealing all the birthday cards. Uh, <laughs> so she, she could just take open the them at home and take the money at home. Yeah, <laughs> they figured it out pretty quickly. So was the were, was the person on a tricycle? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if there's a connection here. Hmm. I'm gonna say Michigan. Okay. So. A Florida Mariel and a said Michigan. Florida, you said Michigan. Yeah. I am gonna say Florida. This seems like something with amphetamines and <laughs> i feel mm. like those are bigger in florida <laughs> the tricycle part is really yeah i feel like i feel like there are amphetamines i feel like amphetamines are involved in this and that that's that's more like a florida thing in my mind now if now if the story were that she rode away on a motor scooter then i would think definitely <laughs> florida but yeah tricycle... that's true that's a good point all right you guys ready to hear yeah john and mariel congrats it's florida yes okay. yes all right I'm not saying it hasn't happened here. Just Heck not this yeah. time. We can make some arrangements. Florida woman robs, news. robs postal worker, takes off on tricycle. Uh, last week, police found 52-year-old Lita Chrysostomo riding a tricycle while holding a handgun that turned out to be a toy. Florida. Yeah. Oh, okay. Riding no, and dirty. It would have been a real gun if it was in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. A victim said that she pointed the toy gun at a mail carrier and forced him to give her a package out of the truck. After receiving the package, she rode away on her tricycle. No one was hurt, and they oh arrested her at the scene because she was, was riding a tricycle. I don't know. What was? Please tell me he picked a bad one. I don't know. Amazon <laughs> Basics. Just we need details. Some... <laughs> we need details. No idea. I thought I thought that Just the toy batteries. gun and the tricycle and the package would be enough for you. Mm. But apparently not. So she was riding one-handed, or it was a basket situation? I like to think of her, like, leaning back with one hand. <laughs> yeah. I like to picture since it was a toy gun and she was riding on a tricycle. And she was running from the cops and pointing the gun back and going, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Thinking maybe they'd fall for it. And she's holding the package in one hand, and she's pointing the toy gun with the other hand, so she's not steering, and she just goes mm. around in circles. That's mm. how I'm picturing that. You know, I get upset about getting older, pushing 30, but then I hear about a 52-year-old that's... Living her best <laughs> doing <life>. this. <laughs> hey, there is hope. You got your whole life ahead of you. Uh. <laughs> All right, we ready for number three? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, number three. Blank man shoots himself in the foot when he throws his shoe at a cockroach. <laughs> okay. Um, 
<laughs> Michigan and Florida are both like very like the I feel like the carry rates are like pretty similar. The gun you know? culture, I, sure. I think what gives the, might give this away though is cockroaches Cockroach. aren't super Bomb prevalent in Michigan. I mean, yeah. some areas, yeah, like closer to the. I get. I don't know. I've never really like had a problem with them in any of the places I've lived. So. I guess this is all from my personal perspective. I don't think cockroaches <laughs> are a big problem in Michigan, so I'm gonna say Florida. And these gotta be some big boys for him to want to shoot at, right? Like, it's gotta be know, one Florida of those style. big hissing ones. Yeah. He's all right, I Florida? agree with John. I agree with John. Florida, 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 Florida. Yep. All right. Uh, appreciate the logic, but it is Michigan. Oh my god! What? Whoa. He must have been firing what a gun city? at some tiniest. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Detroit. So this. But I think this is from the Daily Mail, so it might not have actually That's been Detroit. Right. Oh. Um, there was there was another corroborating article, not from the Daily Mail, but the Daily Mail one had a funnier headline, so I went with it. Perfect. Um, and the headline is actually longer. I shortened it for this, but Michigan man, 50, shoots himself in the foot when he throws his shoe at a cockroach, forgetting his revolver was inside the footwear. What? A gun Why is your gun shoe? in your shoe? And this, Why so this whole article shoe? is four bullet points long. Let me read it to you. Okay. Detroit man, 50, threw his shoe at the bug when he spotted it across the room. He forgot that his revolver was inside the shoe. It fell out, <laughs> shot a bullet into the man's foot, and the man was taken to a local hospital, and he's in stable condition. Too bad. Okay. So <laughs> I, know, oh, yikes. I know exactly what happened in this story. So this is something that you read stories all the time about people who they say they were like cleaning their gun and it shot through the wall or whatever or Mm -hmm. or other ridiculous stories like this so i know a decent amount about firearms and modern like handguns are so even like ones from like the 70s are so like they don't fire when they get dropped even if you slam it against the wall like 99.99999 99.99999 times out of a thousand. Okay, but what was he doing? So what he, what he was doing was he was, pl- was, was he was playing with it. Yeah. So most of the time. Okay, but playing with it sounds better than I threw my shoe at a cockroach and it fell out of my shoe. <laughs> Not if you're trying to avoid a charge or like some sort of investigation. I guess because it's those stories always come up of like I was cleaning my gun and it shot through the wall and it hit my neighbor's car or whatever. It was the guy was playing gi joe in his house with his guns like pointing it and doing whatever forgot it was loaded and shot through that that's what it is 99 percent of the time mm. so that that story is it's it's a very funny i don't headline. like it I when like you it. apply logic to my stories John. sir you've i like been it outed as a gi joe one. i'm just trying to say because these stories come up all the time and they're almost always i still think bullshit. this story is more embarrassing than anything else he could have said almost. i also just don't i maybe i don't know enough about men's footwear but like how do you get a whole gun in your in your shoe, sir? Yeah. Where do you uh-huh. store it against your ankle? I just see yeah, more pl- more holes in the plot. More yeah. Holes in the yeah. Plot. Yeah. I mean, he could have been hiding it or something like in his closet, but mm. I I really think this guy <laughs> sure. was like pointing it at the ground and like mm-hmm. pulling the trigger like just to like do bang, it bang. and forgot that it was loaded and shot himself <laughs> in the damn foot. And bang, then bang. that's his story to bang, the cops bang. is like, oh yeah, there was a bug and I threw my shoe at it and it was in my shoe. People hate cockroaches. John, are you just mad that you got it wrong? Yes. <laughs> okay, we have one Anyways. bonus question All right. that we're going to do quickly. Um, so for this bonus question, this was just a great story. It is not limited to Michigan and Florida. All right. So you got you to gotta guess what state. Okay. Blank, 
police find kangaroo in backseat during traffic stop. So is it in the United States, though? Yes. Okay. I'm Can you guess give it's us a not region? Michigan or... No. Although this sounds like some exotic animals usually means Florida. Wait. But she's saying yeah. it's not necessarily Michigan or Florida, so it's probably not either of those. Read it again. Blank police find kangaroo in backseat during traffic stop. Gotta but, be a but Nevada. I, I bet it is a Midwest state, though, and that's Reno. why That's why it's in Lansing police. Just kidding. We would have heard about it. I'm going to say Indiana. Another good another good guess. So we have Nevada, Indiana. Mariel, what do you think? Uh, Ohio. <laughs> It is Ohio. (laughs) Damn. An Ohio police officer got a surprise during a traffic stop when it had to tell the driver one of the passengers was not properly restrained. The passenger was a kangaroo. Is this the plot of Kangaroo Jack? (laughs) Uh, Apparently, the police department got video of it, I think, on a body cam. Uh, Oh, sorry. Hit the hit the mic with my paper. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Police pulled the driver over because the trailer attached to his vehicle did not have a visible tag. But then they got to the car and realized that there was a kangaroo in it. Didn't do any more investigation. Bigger problems. The the article just says, but really, how could you give a ticket after this? The officer let the driver off with just a warning and a reminder to keep his roo restrained while on the road. So apparently no one asked any questions about this kangaroo. Yeah. And apparently guess... this cop wants to be a stand-up comedian. He's out there making jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when wow. the record scratched and it panned in on the driver. <laughs> you might be wondering how I got here. And that's just, I think and it that's, would pan in on the kangaroo. And, and, that's how, that. and that's how Kangaroo Jack started. The Hangover Five. Yeah, the Hangover Five. Love. Wow, white people are crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, can, they, they sure can be. Uh, all right, great, uh, great round of Michigan Van versus Florida Man. Thank you. That was it. Was good to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Back to our it roots. Was. Back to mm-hmm. our real roots. Um, Back to the roots. Yeah, let's get back to uh, some more pressing matters. So, title of this section is uh, Betsy DeVos did what now? I'm trying to <laughs> emphasize. There's, it's all capitalized, so what I'm trying now? to emphasize that. National embarrassment, Betsy DeVos. Yeah, national no. embarrassment, Betsy DeVos. Uh, we talked about her quite a bit on the show. She's the current Secretary of Education of the United States in the Trump administration. Uh, and she is, you know, her her family roots are here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Her family started Amway, uh, the OG uh, crazy pyramid scheme company. Uh, they're just really awful. They make money off of other people's misery, that whole thing. Uh, so anyway, so Michigan's sweetheart, Betsy DeVos. Uh, so we know her from such ideas as arming teachers so they can fight off bears if necessary. Oh, forgot uh, about that one. Saying that teachers should call ice on students if they think they're undocumented and arguing that more deference and respect needs to be given to perpetrators than those who have been accused of sexual assault on college campuses. Yikes. Uh, some of her greatest hits. Uh, but now she's throwing her support behind the president's new budget uh, that does a lot of not great stuff. Uh, so it boosts spending for defense and veterans affairs while basically cutting everything across the board from education to Medicare, uh, to things that preserve the great lakes, which mm-hmm. are super, super important to the Midwest. Uh, possibly the most important thing because you know, water will die without it. Um, <laughs> water so, will die without it. <laughs> so yeah, specifically, uh, DeVos is supporting a $7 billion cut to the department of education and has proposed putting an end to student loan forgiveness programs 
for public service workers and eliminated subsidized housing for low-income students. Okay, so just correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in her role as like the head person at the um, at the Department of Education, she should maybe be advocating for more funding. Well, <laughs> see, Amy, that's a really uh, naive look at the mm. issue i think <laughs> yes i think you're not thinking of i need correctly. a man to explain it to me john yes Go ahead. give me a give me a second to get my <laughs> thoughts together here so i think you're not concerned enough about the profits you're too concerned about, about the, the education. have i thought about the military yeah enough? have you not do, do you even support our troops uh i don't think so we should do a we should do a uh, opposite to this show on, on off days where we do like an Alex Jones type <laughs> on thing. On off days, meaning days that we just don't want to do the <laughs> I'm show. In, in, in I'll host it. Weeks. Well, it'd be, it'd be so easy because you don't have to like research it or do any description or anything. Just talk about whatever the hell you want. Are you calling me it's stupid? It's nonsense. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, I'm saying your, your alter Alex Jones type ego is stupid. That's yes. what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, the, it would seem on paper that maybe the Secretary of Education should be trying to improve education. But that's mm. just, it's too simplistic of a view of the whole thing. Um, and also, it's like, literally, Trump has to find people who will be yes men no matter what. Because when every department is getting cut, you have to find people who are just going to be like, you know, they're going to be that meme sitting in the burning fire room. This is fine. Mm-hmm. That's mm. like basically everybody's attitude. Ben Carson's yeah. been asleep for a year and a half. Well, most of them yeah. are going to be fine. <laughs> most of them are going to be fine. Like half of his cabinet are literal billionaires. Mm-hmm. So right. like the world could be burning and they're still yeah. going to, you know, be in a bunker somewhere. With... I'm not convinced he has a full cabinet, honestly. No, he does. Well, he's like openly sort of talked about that, that he didn't hire he, enough people, he, for, he, like nearly enough yeah. people. Well, he's told people before that he likes, he has all these like interim directors of things. Because it gives him total authority over all these people. He can fire them whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. He can, they don't have to be approved through mm. congressional things mm-hmm. if they're like these like temporary sort of replacements. Right. So I think he, he told somebody like off the cuff that he like liked when people were temporary. Um, he might have been fired. referring to business things, but it's like that's definitely his mindset that he likes. Mm-hmm. the Like in that chaos where he's the only sort of like permanent fixture to it, he c- can control everything because... You know, it, mm-hmm. he's that's what he's used to. Is no chaos. one will tell him no. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, it's almost refreshing because it's nothing new that Republicans have been talking about getting rid of the mm-hmm. Department of Education. I think Rick Perry, right when he ran for president in 2012, he had talked about getting rid of uh, the Department of Ed. So it's nice that we're finally talking about this so more openly and that she's so brazen about it because we can cut the shit and get straight to the point that this is her ultimate goal is getting rid of public education. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, she's not answered as to why specifically she wants to cut these student loan forgiveness programs. Cause fuck you. Uh, that's why yeah. that's it. So her only statement, <laughs> poor on people the, can stay poor. Yeah. Yeah. Her only statement on the cuts has been in this budget. We have reaffirmed our commitment to spending taxpayer dollars wisely and efficiently by consolidating or eliminating duplicative and ineffective federal programs. Ineffective. Yeah. She only wants people who are at her social class and in her family to go to college. Yeah. Well, her, her entire family is also really heavily invested in companies that collect, collect basically student loan collection agencies. Yes. Mm. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's sort of, I think, one of the theories behind this move is that um, people will have to take out a lot more private loans. Because in theory, the the idea for 
um oh i'm talking about something totally different they're they're, t- they're also talking about i guess we should talk about that too about um capping the amount of federal loans that students can get that hasn't been mm-hmm. passed or anything yet but i know that that's like their next big push um and oh so- well i mean she did cut you know, she's supporting cutting the funding for those loans yeah so it's kind of like two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. yeah and so the theory behind that is sort of like some people think that tuitions at universities have skyrocketed because there's so much federal loan money available they know that people will be able to get it um and so capping that could potentially lower the price of tuition but you know i i don't put that much faith in anything and so it's it's more likely to me that they're trying to do this because then people would have to take on more private, private loans, loans which all these people are probably invested Higher in interest mm-hmm. right it's also right. so funny to me too because it's like it's another example of republicans being like i don't want the government to interfere but then also being like but we are gonna set a limit right it's you not know? a free market when you're meddling like this. right uh-huh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're also the biggest you know takers of basically government welfare in the country mm-hmm. the corporations mm-hmm. that are getting Tax write-offs and, you know, there's the whole issue with, like, Walmart. They pay their employees so little that they need to use food stamps, food stamps to pay yeah. for stuff there. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, they... they have to shop there, so they're getting government money in exchange. They're getting more money in exchange for paying people less. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Amazon a to- totally other issue. Amazon has to pay taxes issue. in two years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. That's mm-hmm. a totally other issue. But, yeah, so this um, – I know there was talk, I think, pretty quickly after Trump came into office about, like, the student loan forgiveness, because it's been for a while now, it was an Obama era thing where if you worked for uh, either like a nonprofit or something in the yep. government sector mm-hmm. for 10, 10 years, years. Yeah. then they would expunge your records. And I know even that they were like, it was really strict. Like you really had to follow the letter of it. And they, uh, not everybody who was trying to do that, even if they made it all the 10 years could get it, but it was still a really great program. And it was, you know, encouraging people to, who normally would take, you know, higher paying jobs, but at these private corporations to sure. instead work for government agencies and nonprofits and you know they who are always in need of really good competent people who care about you know helping out their fellow man and all that kind of thing it's uh, naive john yeah so Great way for new attorneys to so get experience I, uh-huh. and yeah so i remember there was talks about this for a while and then it sort of died down but now it's sort of getting ramped back up um and i don't know mm-hmm. if that's because all of a sudden they feel like more comfortable that some of this sort of big you know, negative things that were happening over the past uh, six months or so. There was a lot with the with Mueller and everything. Have, there's a little bit of a lull in it right now, so mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to, like, mm-hmm. use that opportunity to push something through. I also think that, like, after the midterms and now that we're ramping up for 2020, people are, like, more, like, willing to believe that things could change, whereas, like, when Trump first took office, it was like, okay, well, n- this is never going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm not sure why, you know, in, in some of these cases, like, Great Lakes funding, again, bipartisan or nonpartisan issue mm-hmm. across the board. And how many, you know, cri- states that are critical to Trump's election rely on the Great Lakes as a source of tourism and, you know, ecological stability. Then we've got the Medicaid, Medicare cuts. It's like, I mean, we creamed you over that guy. Like, I just don't know why he would try that again, because it was such a, a losing issue for them I think the people- and their party. I think the people that are surrounding him are trying to get squeeze as much blood out of the stone as they can before he's out of office, either losing the election or walked out in handcuffs, walked mm-hmm. out in handcuffs before yeah. Mueller or, or mm-hmm. di- I mean, he's not a very healthy guy either. Yeah. So, 
there's a whole lot of different things that could happen. Um, so I think, yeah, there's like a little bit of a lull in all the, the, the negative things going on right now. And I think they're trying to just push this through while they can, mm-hmm. while the getting's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick. Yeah. Student loans fact: As of 2016, there were more than 44 million student borrowers who collectively owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt in the U S alone. And the average student in the class of 2016 has $37,172 in student loan debt. Uh, yeah, so I've thought for, I mean, something has to change eventually because it's like, yeah. what ha- mm-hmm. like all these people, like not even close to all these people are going to be able to pay even close to all this money back. So it's like at some point, I mean, this is sort of why. It'll default. Yeah, this is why like loan companies will like work with you after a while because it, it was kind of like the subprime mortgage crisis. It was exactly. like all these, it, it was free money to all these companies that they, you know, they could give a, a, a mortgage out to anybody. And it was just seemed like it was going to keep going in perpetuity and more people investing in real estate and all that. And then all of a sudden it was like desperation on everybody's part to try to sell and collect something back. So I think this is heading for the same sort of thing. And they're, they're going to have to come up with a way probably with government assistance just because of the level of the problem mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. work out deals with everybody. I mean, I, forgiveness I just, programs are one thing. I, I don't know what else yeah. you could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I want to know what any of the logic is in what they're trying to do. Like none this, it's like cutting from education. That doesn't make sense. Like cutting programs that, encourage people to go into like desperately needed fields like teaching and social work and public defenders like why would you not want to encourage people to do that but they just I mean they'll never need I mean besides like teachers and primary care doctors that are Mm -hmm. at their like private institutions anyway like they're just don't care because they're never going to need those I try not to feel super cynical about it but the fact that our generation has been saddled with this you know, and this is this was our our starter homes that we basically many of us have now had to invest into student loans, um, and I don't want that to be the case for future generations. But I still feel like us we were just so shafted by it, and it's like mm-hmm. I worked so hard to pay these off, and yeah. now you know, I what do I get for it? <laughs> I think it's going to be a huge like, I guess like a crisis of forgiveness i don't know if no, forgiveness isn't the word but it, i mean i think eventually they're going to have to do something to forgive loans or make the price of college a lot cheaper and so for people who are in our generation who have gotten really uh, screwed by it and all the problems economic problems that have happened to that then if you know the next generation if they get all sorts of forgiveness and programs like that you know that's going to cause a lot of resentment between previous generations which is probably part of the reason why i mean that's the reason why a ton of things haven't been done before is thinking like well i went through it you know why should why shouldn't you have to go through it i know it's Um, so selfish yeah but but the thing is is that the thing is is that we're also gonna be the the next generation is gonna have to start paying for their kids school and like their grandkids school i know for a lot of families like they have help from family members and stuff so like i feel like it's a thing that yeah there'll be some resentment but i also think that in the end like people can understand why it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Well, especially mm-hmm. when people in our generation start to make businesses and, yeah. you know, maybe own rental properties More and that of kind of thing. And get it's elected like, and, yeah. yeah, well, and just from like an economic standpoint, it's like, 
the people in the generation below you need to have money to be able to buy things from you. From you. I know. To, buy your you know, home. Keep, buy your house the, when you want to sell it. Keep the engine of the economy going. Right. Um, I did read something funny recently, though, about because there's always articles about like how millennials are ruining mm-hmm. all these different industries. Applebee's. But it, but it was about um, hey, Applebee's has been there when no one else has been there. Before. <laughs> oh, okay. but don't trash Applebee's Apple and Subway. It's <laughs> a sacred place. It's an uh, Applebee's family. Yeah. So there was an article that I read about all the things that mo- the millennial generation has actually saved. Um, one of the things is campers. So oh, people cool. so, well, it's it's basically like sort of this double-edged thing of like it's kind of sad Can't like a lot homes. of people yeah. yeah a lot of people yeah. are buying campers and then the the sort of the the mini house like movement yeah. and that kind of thing yeah uh, so it's actually like the camping industry in like the early 2000s was basically like dead uh, and then since millennials have come into more buying power it's actually come back um and then there's a lot of other like vacation related things because mm-hmm. it's sort of international and travel. It, again, it's mm-hmm. like a double-edged sort of thing where it, it's cool that people are traveling and experiencing more, but it's also like a lot of people in our generation feel like what's the point in like saving or like the the house or anything like that because there's no way I'm ever going to dig myself out of whatever holes that you're in financially. So it's like mm-hmm. you're having to do a lot of, I think this is more about like, the millennial generation gets trashed for like the craft beer bars and yeah. like the yeah. avocado toast and stuff. But it's like when you don't think that you're ever going to be able to afford like, you know, some like a substantial like foundation yeah. or whatever in the future, it's like you want to take these mini vacations all the time. Yep. And like you're of. not going to, you don't want to like dig yourself into more debt by like having a mortgage or like buying like a nice house in the suburbs or something like the mm-hmm. generation before us did. So we're like, I'll just go on vacation and rent how my apartment. Could I, how could I ever possibly feel stable in mm-hmm. anything? Look at, you know, at just the job market and how can, how can people ever feel comfortable putting down, putting down roots somewhere? Everything mm-hmm. is just so unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely, I mean, there is like positive cultural things that have come out of that. Like people are, more into traveling and um i think a lot more open just to everything and everybody in general in our generation um which there's more reasons than just the economic situation but so it's i think that's good and um but then when you look at the some of the reasons why it's like well when people don't really feel like a grounding or attachment to you know their what would normally be they would think was like their home like their home state mm-hmm, even the mm-hmm. home country mm-hmm. um and they don't feel like because i mean there's times now where it really feels like we're sort of on a captainless ship it's like you're you're really on your own right now um as far as like the federal government goes yeah uh so mm-hmm. and there's like the lack of i don't know uh togetherness with other people for some positive reasons basically because we haven't had like you know a major uh a war or something right, like that. Yeah. Well, we have, but not in the not, not in the sense of like World War Two or, or yeah. even the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are really uh, disconnected to each other in their communities in ways that they didn't used to be. Um, Mariel, you gotta go. Uh, well, if you guys would quit laughing so we could do this amazing silver lining. Yeah, we got. Uh, no, I have a 
joke. I have a joke. Oh, I'm I forgot. Tell your joke. I'm sorry, I went on a long well, tangent. Well, now you there, all have we to gotta laugh. Get, we got to get okay. married to this Jordan Peele movie. I was just gonna say, who's the uh, fabulous PR company that rebranded Trailer Parks for hipsters? Because that's all mini houses are. <laughs> really true. I had true. friends that in Houston they lived in a trailer park and it was awesome. Like their camper was really nice. It was like clean. They had like a really nice community pool. Yep. Like a gym and all this sweet stuff, and their rent was like nothing and. We're bringing trailer all, parks back. Man. I'm all for it. I'm no all classism for it. here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. Let's. That, so yes, uh, Betsy DeVos is terrible. Uh, student loan problems. Uh, in conclusion, yeah. They're student bad. <laughs> in conclusion, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> student right. loan problems. Let's, let's get on to, let's get into this. Uh, more debt, more problems. More debt, more problems. All right. <laughs> let's get into this silver linings of the week on a more positive note. Way more positive note. Um. All right, so this was a great one. Uh, the title is, It's Full of Beer. Men Find Magic Fridge in Flooded Nebraska Field. Uh, so I saw this making the rounds. I didn't actually read the article until it uh, became our silver lining. Until it appeared in front of you yes, in this outline. Til- yes. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, after a full day of cleanup and wading through waist-high water on St. Patrick's Day, Kyle Simpson and Galen Stouffer began making their way back towards the highway, which is blocked off for a mile and a half by floodwaters in Nebraska. So if anyone doesn't know, there's been some really crazy flooding happening in a couple of different Midwestern states. Um, Yeah, anyways, so the sun was beginning to set, and miles away from the road, they spotted a black box sitting alone in an empty field. Normally something you should not walk towards. You should, you know, call your <laughs> call local bomb squad. Bomb squad representative. <laughs> it was St. Patrick's just, Day. Just you a know. PSA out there. Anyways. Believe in magic. <laughs> uh, as they began to walk towards the mysterious black box, Stouffer soon realized that it was a refrigerator. He opened the small refrigerator, and to the duo's surprise, they come face-to-face with three cases of beer, and they were still ice cold. What kind of beer? <laughs> what kind of beer? Uh, I, saw pic- I saw pictures of it, and I think it was, like, Coors, maybe? Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, or maybe it was Bush Sorry, Light. Sorry, Evelyn. Oh, it, it could have been Bush ice. Light, actually. I think it was, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they took a couple of pictures with the fridge and sent them the next day to their friend, Tanner Podraza, uh, who posted them on their Facebook page, and it didn't take long for these photos to go viral. Uh, it was just a surprise to find it there, and an even bigger surprise that the story had taken off, Simpson said. It's really amazing. Yeah, this was very newsworthy, <laughs> apparently, this day. Uh, Simpson said that they found out who the fridge belonged to after the photos had circulated the internet. The owner told them he recognized the fridge because it had the right beer ratio of Bud Light and Bush Light. I'm I glad he owned, he owned up to that. He, he really he knew exactly what his breakdown was. I hate that. Yeah. Said, I told the guy as soon as my roads are repaired that I would return it to them, said Simpson, minus a couple of beers, he added. Ha ha. Ha Another jokester over here. It's a real dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> minus a couple of beers. <laughs> It's definitely his tone of voice that he had. Uh, The magic fridge came from a cabin on the riverbank about three and a half miles from where the pair spotted it, which means it bobbed downstream the entire way with the beer still intact. I wouldn't think that a a mini fridge full of beer would float. Although beer cans float. Air pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Science, John. Physics. Not important. important (laughs) None of the story is actually important. But anyways. Uh, Simpson is glad a story came to be a small ray of sunshine in the middle of a heartbreaking situation where many families have lost their homes and belongings. Uh, I just really think about that, that for the people that are affected by these floods, it's something that they could smile about, Simpson said. So there's a a real silver lining to this outside of just finding free beer. Uh, Simpson said he's planning a way to keep the magic going by bringing the fridge to other houses and families delivered by the floods. 
And he also urges others who are following his story to help any way they can. I love that he's bringing Aww. that fridge to people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the beer fridge. It'd be easier to put in a cooler than hauling around a minute. Anyway, no, that's done. Anyway. The fridge. <laughs> uh, this is the viral moment that brands would kill for. Yeah. And Bud yeah. Light and Bush Light have not cared at all. That's okay. Yeah. We care. But Rude. This is a great... This is what Silver Linings is all about. This, yes, it is. We've had a couple that were really, like... You know, the, the couple from Nebraska or something that had gone to every... Cracker Barrel oh. in the United States. That was a good one. Uh-huh. It's just real feel-good stories. Real um, Midwestern stories. Yeah. Yes. Real Midwestern folks. Love it. Real Midwestern <laughs> stories. <laughs> Midwest nice. Midwest nice. Come check us out. What's the craziest thing you guys have ever found in a muddy field? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. We can't talk about it on the podcast, actually. That's an offline conversation. Yeah. Oh. Did you just say that because you want to go when, see your movie? When I was Open in, uh, investigation. I said that because it was a dead body, Amy. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I hope that was a joke and it was still a bad one. When I was in high school, we had like cases of beer for a, like a bonfire or something. And after it was over, we had like a case or two left. And nobody wanted to like hide it at their parents' house. So my buddies came up with the brilliant idea of wrapping it with four garbage bags and burying it in the woods behind a church. What? Because we knew that two weeks later, this person we knew was having a house party. Mm. So we had to save it. And so two weeks later, they came and they dug, dug it, it out. It was like bush light that had been buried underground for two weeks. Well, it kind of already bags. tastes like it's been buried underground for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't that their slogan? Yeah. Uh, Nailed it. Anyways. Uh, great silver lining. Great episode this week. Great episode. You all. Great episode. If we do say so ourselves. If we, And we do. We are right now. Mariel, mm-hmm. you want to plug us yeah, real quick before us? you go? Yes. Um, if you folks are on Twitter, you can follow us at Midwest NiceCast. On Instagram, at Midwest Nice Podcast. Um, you can stream us, rate, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever the heck you find your podcast. Or on our website, John. Midwest-nice.pinecast.co. And also, go see Jordan Peele's Us in theaters now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're Jordan Peele or his production company, please give us money. Give us a call. Okay, and with that, <laughs> we'd bye, love to everyone. talk to you. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. bye. <laughs>